Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, clarify your message, and make an impact on the world. Today's episode is brought to you by the word authentic. My friends at Merriam-Webster define authentic as true to one's own personality, spirit, or character, which I, for one, think is not as simple as it sounds, which is why I am so happy to have my good friend and colleague, Sean G. Simone, on the show today to discuss authenticity and the many ways it shows up in our lives and in our work in media, casting, and coaching. If by chance you haven't met Sean yet, he is the founder of Sean D. Simone Casting and is an expert, I mean the ne plus ultra, in TV host and brand spokesperson casting and coaching, and a very, very dear friend. So welcome, Sean. Hop on board. I am like over the moon that you're here, and you and I have a lot to talk about. This is awesome. I'm, I, I am excited to do this with you. As you know, we've been a uh chatting about you podcasting for a really long time. So this is really cool. Thank you. And we've been talking about authenticity for a really long time. And just to back up for one second for, uh, to give context. So Sean and I started working together in 2003. It's a fabulous story. Sean actually cold pitched me, sent me a note, an email out of the blue saying he was interested in being um, a casting assistant. We met for coffee and clicked. And next thing I know, Sean was off to the races and helping me cast the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And we worked on a gajillion projects together for years before Sean you know, flew the coop, started working, um, casting his own projects. And then we've come back together to work together on any number of casting projects, as well as share many coaching clients. And we teach classes together, especially well-known is our 10th anniversary version of hosting for home shopping and brands, which um, we have a new version of that this summer, TBD. So that just gives you a little understanding of like how, how deep and far back Sean and I go. So let's talk about authenticity because you and I had a conversation a while back while I was contemplating doing this podcast. And this word came up in conjunction with your studying acting and how authenticity and connecting to character is so important and connecting to ourselves. And of course, apparently I remember this conversation better than you do, <laughs> but well, can I ask you like how studying acting has he helped you connect more to your authentic self? Well, it actually helped me a lot in life. So I have always been fascinated and interested by actors. Like I've always loved watching. Even when I was a kid, I, I would spend a lot of time alone. So I would, I'd have this game that I would play with myself where I could close my eyes and I, during the theme song of a sitcom or the love boat or whatever it may be, I could close my eyes and I knew the actor's name that was playing the role. So I've always was fascinated and interested by it, but I never really felt that like I had the confidence or oh, I don't really look like an actor or I'm not, you know, I'm a casting director. Why would I be an actor? But I decided to try it and fell in love with it and like right away. And I think that's when we, well, that is when we had our conversation and you remembered it, you know, and you, you, we're talking about it today. Like there's something about when I get to, to act on the other side from being a casting director is it allows me to 
like finally have confidence that I can listen, I can create, I can live in a moment because my biggest issue in life, in real life, is like being present. I mean, you and I have talked about this numerous times. Like I am working so hard at trying to pay attention and listen and be present. And I found, interestingly enough, I found that acting is the way to do that. Now, I am not, I mean, I am in my infancy stages, just so you know. Like, I'm sure along your podcasting journeys, you'll talk to established actors and et cetera. I am, so I, I, I'm not coming across as an expert today in, in acting, but I think we're going to talk about, like, just my experience and what it means to me. And authenticity in acting means, like, really, 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 really being in the moment, being present and listening. And it's so interesting for me because I apply everything that I learn in this acting class once a week to what I do as a casting director, specifically when I coach TV hosts, because it's a lot of the same stuff. We talk a lot in TV hosting about not hosting. Believe it or not, in acting, you're not supposed to be acting. So it's, and I get so frustrated with it. I'm like, because I ask a million questions. You know me, I, I just can't sit and, and listen. I have to ask a million questions in class. And I'm like, but this is so weird. We're not really supposed to be acting. Then why are we calling it acting? It just gets, it gets really complicated for me. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's being 100% true. We talk about in hosting, be true to yourself. What is it about you? that makes you different and is not somebody else and we can't teach you. We can teach you how to act, but you still, I talk about it in TV hosting, it's like 70% you and 30% what's on the paper. In acting, I feel like it's there's a percentage as well, like you're following lines, but at the end of the day, you really are 100% yourself as a character. And again, I'm not a professional here. Is that making sense at all? Can I jump in? Yeah. A hundred percent. So if I'm hearing you correctly and my understanding of acting, what we learned from acting is so acting is pursuit of the truth. Oh, yes. And so you're saying lines and you're playing a character, but the essence of truth is to get to the emotional truth. It's emotional honesty in that moment. So you connect right to how you feel and how that character feels. And so when you're fully present and you're listening and you finally got to that place where you could let go because you're not distracted by thinking you're actually in, I guess that would be the zone of genius or acting flow is when you stop thinking and you just start feeling you're in the scene. Yeah. And then, then it gets really powerful, but then it gets really fun because then you get to ride it. So we, we talk about riding the wave and I have Barbara, I have felt it. Well, I, I have, connected in in scenes where I've felt things and you can and 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 she'll say to you or my acting teacher will say to you do you feel it and at first I'm like what do you mean do I feel it and now I'm like yeah I feel it and I think that happens with tv hosts when I coach them I was just coaching a client we were shooting tape on Saturday and she's like I that felt really great it's the same thing like she acknowledged that it felt good same thing here like She's asking me, did you feel that? And I said, yeah, I felt it. And then when you feel it, because you've connected to your environment, this is some steps, by the way, 
uh, connecting to your environment and then breathing because it's all about breathing and paying attention to your breath and noticing your breath, which I have the biggest challenge doing because I'm always not breathing and I know that. And then using your impulse, right? I talk about it in TV hosting. I say bubbling up moments. It's the same thing here, using your impulse. Like, don't think so hard. Like, if you have a script that says, hey, everybody, welcome to Able, uh, Able uh, Media Podcast. Ready, ready, camera, and Able. Today we're talking to that you have prepared. But if you're going to, something's going to come out because you and I have a relationship already. So we have inside jokes or whatever it may be going to come out like there are the bubbling up moments but in acting it's like using your impulse right what are the what are you not thinking too hard about like i i have done scenes where i have eaten and it's really changed the game because my impulse was to grab a piece of food and eat it and my impulse is to wait to speak while i'm chewing like chew first speak second and that slows down the scene then it slows down the scene it's like not that big of a deal but for me it was a big deal because i'm so i was like but i'm holding it up and no one wants to watch me eat but that's a real life thing and it happens in tv hosting i'm like where are these real life moments as a host that you can bring to the table and that's what i look for when i'm casting tv hosts are real life moments lean in moments right so I just love that I see myself. Can I challenge something right there? Oh, yeah, sure. Wait, I, I love all of this, but I just want to challenge something that you dropped in there that no one wants to watch you eat. So that might be like a truism because like, yeah. But think about this because you and I have cast so many food-related shows and then it goes back to acting. And so it's because what that was in my mind is resistance or your gremlin popping up and saying, no one wants to watch you eat, Sean. You're slowing down the scene. Where in fact- if you're really compelling and that's on all of us to be interesting, right? And in that moment, it could be interesting watching you eat. And the reason I bring this up, we teach people how to eat on camera, yeah. right? Don't we talk about that? It's like, cause your face has to get into it. So your eyes, we have to feel your expressions. We have to feel that flavor that we cannot taste through the screen. So I just wanted to point out, I, for one, may want to watch you eat Shondi Simone. Yeah. The gremlin is, 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 is one-on-one. I mean, listen, the gremlin not wanting me to watch me eat is the same reason why I never, it took me 48 years to even try acting because I just didn't think that I was smart enough. I just didn't think, because I think actors are like so darn smart. I think TV hosts are smart. I think anybody who puts themselves out there in a creative way to be judged is smart. And my whole, when I was a kid, I just would sit there and watch TV because I was really, really introverted. And... I just was fascinated by people performing and acting. I was like, I'll never do that. Why would I ever do that? And I think maybe, well, this is really just hitting me right now, Barbara. I think maybe the reason why I got into what I got into as a casting director and the reason why I succeeded I was so darn good at it because like secretly, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm a performer and I don't even know it. Well, I know. Aren't it. we all in a way? Well, yeah, we talk a lot about, uh, you and I talk about superpowers. And I share this with people. Like, I realized what my superpower was probably about three years ago. I realized that I entertain people without meaning to do so. Like, I realized that I'm funny, but I don't make jokes. But I realize I'm funny just the way I I act. Like, I, everyone's like, oh, you're so funny. And I have, like, big big deal 
big deal clients tell me, oh, you're so funny, like in the middle of an audition room. And I realized like, oh, you know what? Like, I, I can entertain people. So why not take that and run with it? Like, I just got off the phone with a client yesterday who's a really serious client. And I literally changed the game because at the end, she was like, wow, I totally think this is going to be okay. I'm like, well, yeah, it's going to be okay. But it was the way I sort of used my sense of humor to sort of smooth out the rough edges. And I realized that is my superpower that I can entertain people. And I realize when I am acting, so crazy because I never thought I was going to be an actor. I realize when I'm acting, like, so there's a lot of times we do it on Zoom, right? Right now we're Zooming. There's a lot of times where I can't see people, but they, we all come back on and I can see the reactions when they all come back on. And there's a lot of times when I don't see people, but I can tell you with 100% confidence, I know that they are smiling. I can feel it and I don't even see them because I feel it in myself, right? So I realized my superpower, Sean D. Simone's superpower is I can walk in the room and sort of change the dynamic a little bit without trying too hard. And um, that's what I think makes a great TV host, right? And that's something you can't teach. Isn't that what we teach? To set the temperature in the room? We said we teach it all and the time. To set, and to set the intention. And, and at the heart of all of this is that communication is a transference of energy. Yeah, but I don't think I'm a great communicator. I tell you this all the time. Um, but you communicate in different ways. I, well, this is what I'm learning. Tell me more. Isn't it interesting because just as we're working this out, so it's like we're having therapy in real time for an audience, but um, because we get it baked into our head somewhere that, that your feeling was, it's, it's challenging for me to be present and listen, which you had spoken about earlier, but also attaching it to the idea that we only communicate through words. And if that was challenging for you, because obviously you communicate brilliantly through your energy and making people feel really good in the room and really good in Zoom. You build trust. You just gave us a great example of where you talked to client off the ledge. And that was through the energy you brought by the choice of taking sort of a warm, entertaining approach to solving a problem. Well, yeah, because I, wouldn't, I, I always say I'm not overly book smart. I'm, I, and I don't even say street smart either, right? Because I'm not like, but there's definitely I'm a vote for emotional intelligence. Gosh, really? Really? That's about reading the room and reading feelings and picking up people's vibes. And maybe as part of our conversation, you're realizing through the acting process, as you connect more and more to yourself, it allows you to connect better to others. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> and we just figured it all. <laughs> no, but I, the next step I want, I really appreciate. And you know what? Because this is a vulnerable process. But I also want to connect to and ask you the question, you know, how you see this showing up in your work. So that's a big question we'll keep circling to, but also really specifically at this moment, because nobody else knows, but I know that you've actually started putting yourself out there and you're getting work as a background actor, which I'm so into. So I don't know if, if you can even talk about this. Yeah, we can, we can acknowledge that this is the thickest and fattest my mustache has ever been. Um, nor am I able to cut my hair. And it's been like a three-week process. Which I'm, This has all been interesting to me because I, I did do background work in the 90s. You will see me in 12 Monkeys 
rubbing my chin. I can actually send you the video if you want to insert it into the video element. It's really good stuff. Heck yes. It's like really, really good stuff. My friend Charles uh, found it on like Sci-Fi Channel and like recorded it and I have it. It's so crazy. Um, Yeah, I mean, showing up in my work. So I am in character, 1880s New York. I've already created my character. I haven't been told. <laughs> I've created um, my character is sort of uh, reminiscent of it. It's a it's a nod to my grandparents and great grandparents because I've been doing a lot of ancestry.com. This is really off. off I know off we're gonna topic. have to. What I want to know is how does this make you feel that you've taken this big leap to study acting and now not only is it showing up in all areas of your life, but it's vulnerable. You put yourself out there like you on auditioned or at least you signed i mean this is public this Mm -hmm. is amazing it's awesome it's powerful it's courageous it means you're smart sean interesting by your own criteria i mean i i yeah i'm putting myself out there i'm experimenting i'm seeing what's what's working um i actually got another call for another uh period piece show that shoots in new york which i had to pass on uh, again and I, yeah, I have a feeling I just want to do period pieces moving forward. <laughs> just so how does it show up in your work as a coach? Shows up in my work all the time. So I, when I started taking the the acting with Marlene, who's my acting instructor, when I started taking acting with Marlene, every time she was describing what we're doing, I was like. I know that I, I talk about, I didn't say this, but in my head, I'm like, yeah, I talk about this with my clients, but it's different. Can you give another example? Can you like, for instance, uh, see, for instance, um, when I always tell people to have a purpose, well, it's interesting. I always say, so when I coach people and I talk about everything that I'm looking for in a TV host at the end, I say, that's all fantastic, but you need to have a purpose or a reason to be there. Why are you here in the audition? Why are you on the set in front of camera? Like, yeah, we all want the check. But like, what is it about the show that you connect to? What is it about the script that you connect to? What is it about the network that you connect to? Like, yeah, we want a female of a certain age and you fit that qualification, but like, you have to always want it and you have to want to be there and there has to be a reason. And I always say... I say two things. I always say, you know, have a reason, have a purpose. It's not Meisner, which is an acting technique where you like really drop into a character and et cetera. It's like, it's not, you don't have to go there. Like, I don't need like backstory, but I would like a reason for you to be in the room right now. And you and I talk about this all the time when we, when we audition people and we say, why client A, B, C, and D, why this network? And then they're, they literally don't have the answer. And that, frustrates us because you know you need to know why you want this job everybody wants this job everybody wants the role on whatever show streaming service you're watching on everybody wants it and a lot of people can do it but like you have to somehow some way show me indicate to me why you want this or why you are different and why this is important to you. And that's why I always tell people, and I always, another one of my phrases is when I'm talking about like, take the copy, this is another example, take the copy and make it your own. Like not only do we suggest it, like it's mandatory for me, for me, it's mandatory. You must change the copy around because 45 people are coming in the room. 
you're all reading what's on the paper without you inserting your personality, having those bubble up moments, uh, impulses, uh, making choices, whatever that may be. If you don't do that and 45 other people don't do that, then I don't really know what I'm looking at because remember in TV hosting, we don't describe our host. It's not five foot something, blood hair, brown eyes, which they do in acting, right? And this is why I love comparing the two since I'm doing both now. And even the casting process is so different. Um, we in non-scripted spend, spend so much more time getting to know you. But back to my catchphrase is when I always tell people, change the copy around, make it different. I always say, it's not Shakespeare. No one's going to roll over in their grave. Like, I don't know who wrote this copy. It's he's probably got six jobs since he's written this copy. This person, like, no, I, I say it. No one's rolling. There is not Shakespeare. It's not a David Mamet play. Like, you can change it. It's okay. So it, it shows up a lot in my. Can so we explain the caveats though to not to changing the copy? Well, I always, because I agree with you what, what it means to make it your own because suddenly, um, just to be honest, some people will hear that and actually create another show, right? Like they yes. they change the copy and it's like. So just, there are parameters, like it has to still be for the show product concept that we've handed you. And that, um, because I just want to give practical tips. And then also just throwing it aside is not necessarily making it your own because you want to enhance the copy. So I think, because relating back to acting, there are things, it's like your delivery is one of the ways that you can change the copy, even if you're very limited in how you can change the words. Yeah, the delivery, You to just to sort of wrap up briefly when you had said how does it affect or uh, into my life. So in real life, the acting affects my real life, but it also helps me with my coaching because I apply, a, I have been saying a lot of what I'm learning, but in a sort of a different context. Does that make sense? And it's, yes. it's, it's all the same thing. It's breathing being present, impulse, uh, you know, making it your own. And so when you had just said when you're acting, the way you deliver it is unique to you. Well, I got to tell you, I have played Tony Soprano. I have played Hamlet. I am doing Boys in the Band currently. I haven't done the David Mamet play. And every time I watch myself, I'm like, it's the same dude. It's the same, which is a 49-year-old man from Philly who lived in New York for the past 26 years, who's half Italian, half Jewish, uh, who speaks a lot with his hands. And like, it's this, I'm the same exact person when I'm playing Tony Soprano or Hamlet. And that's what I find so freaking fascinating. And what I think makes a great TV host. So I share this example. There is a woman who is on a shopping channel right now who I had met on a Skype for an audition. And she was 100% authentic and who she is. We flew her to New York and she was the same exact person she was on the audition. Flew her to Pennsylvania for a callback. She was the same exact person she was in New York who was that same exact person she was on the Skype. To this day, I can turn on the channel. She is the same exact person. So she's just delivering exactly what she's told to do. Like, here's what you have to present right now. But she's always her. It's like she could be selling. And that circles us back to being authentic. Yeah, she could be selling beauty or she could be selling nutrition bars. It's all the content's different. You can be presenting for HGTV. You could be presenting for Food Network. The content's different. 
You could be doing Hamlet or Tony Soprano. The content is different, but there's always an essence of Sean. And no matter what I do, there was always an essence in her, no matter how far she went in the process. And this is why she is so successful. Because she's true to herself. Yes. So there she's, she's showing up authentically. Yeah. And so circling back to this, is this one of the things that's helped you is acting, helping you to then connect to yourself, to, to, to have the freedom, the courage to be your authentic self, whether you're Tony Soprano, Hamlet, one of the boys in the band and, or Sean Simone. And that, but don't you love my variety? Cause I'm a casting director. So I cast the coolest scenes for myself. I'm like, I want to play that character. Um, you have to answer the question. Has it given me, I would say not a hundred percent yet. Like I'm still a little, like, I don't even know if I'm nervous to shoot on Tuesday yet or not. Like, I'm like, I'm not really doing anything, but I'm like, what if I get on set? And I'm like, I all of a sudden start to think like, Oh no, I'm too close to the camera. Maybe I should be three people back because I'm not really, this isn't really, there's somebody who's been doing this for a lot longer than I have. So no, I'm not a hundred percent completely comfortable. Well, for many of us, wouldn't this be a lifelong process? Oh yeah. People, well, people coach with me for years. People coach with my acting teacher for years. They've been doing it for years and years and years. Yeah. The constant discovery of who our authentic selves truly are. Wait, I want to go back though. Just a fun sidebar. Wait, because you were hinting at how do I turn myself into a featured extra? Well, I already know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I haven't shaved the mustache yet because I know it's going to stick out. <laughs> Okay. That was just a little sidebar. I couldn't resist. Um, so I do want to touch actually technique wise too, cause I think it's helpful on breath work because you and I know that how important it is to acting. You and I know how important it is in the hosting space. It's why I start each one of our classes with a meditation. It's why I start each one of our classes with breathing exercises and how much, um, in the hosting space or in the speaking space, if you're new to it, most people are not aware of that because you know what, just cutting the chase is uh, for many people, it's, we think it's just talking, but if it was just talking, so many of us would be way better and way super more successful. It's communicating. And so we start to understand how our breath work matters. So I love talking about this, but I was just curious, like what you've learned about breathing through acting and how we bring it now into the hosting space or the brand spokesperson space. Well, Personally, I I learned that I I don't still don't do it. Uh, what does that mean not to breathe? Because I don't either, and I have funny situations. Uh, like every time I every time I get a manicure, they'll tell me to relax. Every time I go to the dentist, they'll remind me uh, you have to breathe. We don't want you to expire while you're. Okay, so here's what I know. Again, I'm like far from you know I'm still infantile in my acting and knowledge of. But rephrase the question one more time. And then I, I will, uh, but I'm, I'm going to also ding you. you. You're not allowed to apologize for your acting process anymore and for how long or not how long you've been doing it. Well, yeah, but I'm so used to coming on platforms as an expert. And here we're just, chat we're just chatting about my experience. Right. You're an expert in your own experience. Thank you. Okay. Moving back to the question. Um, I was asking how studying breath work and those techniques from acting is impacting in a good way your work in the hosting space and as a coach and what you've learned about it. Well, I always like to put my myself in the talent's shoes when I'm working with them. 
I spend a lot of time breaking away from the session when I start to see that they're uh, like either spiraling or getting too critical or worrying over things that they shouldn't be worrying about in that particular phase. Cause you want to talk about phases, like you don't worry about this yet until you've gotten through that. So I use the breath work when I feel that they need the breath work, I will sort of take a breath with them and I, I see that happening and I can literally, I can literally tweak a session. I can tweak somebody's energy. I can, make them more comfortable. I wish, to be honest with you, I wish I knew this pre-pandemic, because I, I started doing this in November. I wish I knew this pre-pandemic, because I got to tell you, if I was in the room with somebody with seven clients, which I had been in the room with seven clients, and I feel, and I can see when talent or hosts get really wrapped up and not breathing, and all I see is just seven people staring at them and then a camera in front of them, if I knew what I was seeing, could I identify it? Because I knew what I was seeing, but I didn't know how to fix it. Oh, calm down. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I could do that. But now I really know what, what's happening. They're just not breathing and they're... So I, I, I think it could really have benefited me when we were doing in-person sessions. I'm you just tapped into something very powerful too, was identifying the issue is the what... Understanding breath work is now the how, and I think that's when transformation takes place is when we can support people in understanding how to do it. Because my whole life, I'm sure it's happening. You need to do this. You should be doing this. And you get all this advice about here's your issue, but how to work through the issue is the key that unlocks everything. So now asking you, so breath work is really just learning how to take breaths. And in the hosting space, it's a lot about embracing, understanding the power of the pause, using your punctuation understanding how interesting it can be when you stop a little bit or slow down and create vocal interest. But I want to ask for you, how does breathing connect to listening, to connect to being present, to connect to being more authentic? Well, when you're breathing, you're, you're not blocking your impulses. How is that? Oh, explain that to me. That's fascinating. So if you're, okay, so if I'm, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm waiting to give Barbara my copy. I'm, I'm waiting for the camera to go five, four, three, two, one. I'm, I'm waiting to deliver my lines. I'm stifling everything. So if I'm breathing, so, okay. So when you and I have a conversation, well, I talk about this a lot while I'm coaching. I like my TV host to talk to me conversationally, which is such a cliche term in this space, but we use it a lot. What does that mean? To me, when you're having a conversation, you're not thinking, right? So I just watched Real Housewives of A, B, C, and D last night. And can I tell you, or I just went shopping and I bought the coolest white Reebok sneakers because the spring is coming. Like if I'm not, if I'm breathing, which I'm doing right now, and I'm not hesitating and holding my breath, I don't, nothing is being blocked. Like if I jump up and down, which I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> if I jump up and down, nothing is being blocked. So I, I, I mean, this is the only way I can explain it, but I think it, it helps. Um, yes, if you breathe, and I don't mean like, like breathing to pay attention to breathing. I mean, like just naturally breathing, everything in your body is like fizzling. And if everything is fizzing, 
then things come out of you that are not planned. And the things come out of you that are not planned, it feels really real as a TV host. And the magic happens. The magic happens because we talk about what hosting was. Hosting, oh, this is so funny. So hosting was, when you and I started, and even before me, when you started, hosting really was. No, and I'm not just being shady, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> And that wasn't shady. That was just like acknowledging that hosts, hosts have changed. Have they not? They have changed dramatically. And, and that's one of the points of this, this podcast is the intersection of media and change and personal growth, because change includes shifts in the culture and shifts in the marketplace and shifts in tastes and trends. So yes, carry on. But Thanks so hosts plug. have changed. We used to say they were we, – we, we use the word hosty. Oh, you're too hosty. And I've been seeing a lot of it this week. And it was very is, inauthentic. It was right? about fitting in and everybody be, being the same and, and hitting their beats. Surprisingly, I've same, been seeing a lot of it. Interchangeable. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of it this week, which is really odd. Like, what's going on here? Like, why are we going back to this? Um, that was then. What's now? So but what I was just thinking of is, like, we, we, we can talk about hosting being – different because you weren't breathing and you were you were like you you used to play the role of a host back in the day i mean trl is the host a very specific host you play the role of a tv host which i talk about a lot in my coaching don't play the role of a tv host the minute you play the role of a tv host i can see it my clients can see it i feel their eyes blaring on my back so if but if you think about acting like remember back in the acting was one style and then it became natural acting like 1950s acting is very different than 2021 acting. So yeah, it, it changes. But you went to the movies back then. You really didn't, you weren't looking for reality. You know, you were looking for a more of escapism. Now our hosts are real. Our actors are, are real. There's all those improv shot movies right now that are really cool. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, like breathing, this is like, for me, the hardest thing to do, but should be the easiest. And like right now, I would say I'm breathing. Like I'm breathing right now. Like I'm not thinking too hard. I can see you peripherally, but I'm not staring straight at you because if I'm staring straight at you, I'm thinking, sit up straight, look straight at Barbara. But I'm just, I'm like in a moment right now. I'm just like here. Like, so if I grab my water, it's like, it's naturally I grab my water. I don't think about it. Well, I did think about that. That was planned. But do you see what I'm saying? Like it's the easiest thing you can do. It's actually kind of fun. Like if you actually stop and just say, okay, so I'm breathe, just like play in your breath for a little bit. But that's, by the way, that happens too. Um, you can, you kind of get really playful when you're in your breath. Like I have found myself um, doing what I never thought I would do. Like I have this ottoman that I like jump on. Like that's not who I am. I don't do that on a daily basis. I also find myself catching my breath a lot. Like just like going, <sighs> It's like a little bit of a sigh, kind of, but it's not. It's like, oh, okay, just you forgot to breathe for like the last four minutes. And of course, we're breathing, which we wouldn't be sitting, right? We would be, you know, everyone's breathing. But if you breathe and you pay attention to it, you just don't really know what's going to happen. And that's what happens in conversations. When you're having a conversation and when you're hosting conversationally, like if your hands move and you get so excited and you kind of go off track for like a second, it's okay to go off track for like a second. It's just because you had the impulse and the impulse comes from 
the fact that you just let yourself breathe. If you do, if you don't stifle it, anything can happen. And that's what I learned in acting. And it, it has happened to me to the point where I have cried. Now, I don't generate tears on command, but I just cried not over the actual words or although the words are, do affect you, um, well, they're supposed to. Um, I cried over, I'll tell you why I cried. I was doing a monologue from the talented Mr. Ripley. And the reason why I cried is because I was so overwhelmed with the fact that I was breathing. I, I got to tell you, I'm not kidding you. The fact that I was just breathing and when I was done, I just got so elated that tears just came out. Well, now if I was like if I wasn't breathing, I wouldn't. That wouldn't have happened. So you have to. I mean, I I was breathing probably more at the end of the scene. After the scene was over, I let myself breathe. So then I released it. But can you imagine if you're in the scene and then you're breathing and then you're spitting out Hamlet and you're yelling that you want to marry you know Elizabeth virtuous and fair, you know all these emotions come flying up and then you have those. Flickers, Marlene talks about, my acting coach talks about flickers on the face, which I'd be curious to, we, if we talked about in the TV hosting. Like, to me, they're lean-in moments, but she talks about, like, flickers. Like, she can see it happening. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not, you're not, and she'll stop you. You're not breathing. I'm like, yeah, I am. She's like, no, you're not. And you're like, okay. Can I jump in? Because I just had a revelation, and I, you know, I could talk to you for well, we do. We could talk all day. But because um, everything you've just said is so powerful. And right. So now it's just distilling this down to understanding the power of our breath. Because when we're breathing, it's just happening and we're flowing. But now you've just actually made me understand how it is we can watch so many different actors do Shakespeare, do anything over and over and over again, different actors playing the same roles. And what's when it's magical, even though we know the words, it's because we don't know what's going to happen next oh. because of that actor, right? It's what that per we, we know what they're going to say next, but we don't know what they're going to do next. We don't know how they're going to be next, how they're going to give it to us again. And so just as that's like, wow. But now we just add it again into anybody who's communicating, whether, you know, that's a, that's a host or subject expert on television or even your boss or someone giving a presentation where the compelling is part of the the element of surprise, but that doesn't have to mean a big whoa, what surprise. It's because we don't know what's coming next. And that's tremendously powerful. And I, as you said that, I was imagining, look at anyone who's successful on television. It is because even though we're watching the same people do the news or give us information, it doesn't. They, that's the essence of being present. When they're not present, we feel someone's just giving us the talking points. And we see them across networks or we've seen somebody do something, the same thing over and over again. I think it's another reason why we can see a comedian do the same set. They're breathing, they're present, they're in the moment, they're listening and feeling the audience. And so even though I've heard that joke before, there's always something fresh and new and it distills back down to the breath. This has been heavy, Sean D. Simone. And you know what else I, I, I just was thinking about when you were talking was we talk about how you said... Uh, what intrigues you or what keeps you coming back, we call it the sticky factor. What keeps you coming back is you don't know what's going to come next. Yes, you know the words, but you don't know what the essence is. And we talk a lot, and I really stress this when I'm working in the home shopping space, is 
unpredictability. Predictable in TV hosting is so boring. And that's the beauty. Yes, I know how somebody can present or present a iPhone on a shopping channel for three minutes. And I know all the content that's going to come out, but the way they do it is unpredictable. If they drop the phone or if they call their mom for the heck of it, whatever it may be, we talk about that all the time, like unpredictability. And I think that's a little bit about what you were saying. I just wanted to tag on to that a little bit. And well, first of all, thank you. Love it. And also there is some aspect of the unpredictability that ties back to the authentic self because you've listened to yourself and you've responded to some sort of allowed an impulse, I guess I would say, yeah. which is incredible. Um, I'm going to have to cut us off there. We're going to do a part two and probably a, a, a part 22 down the line. This has been so incredible, Sean. So first off, could you let us all know where we can find you for classes and coaching and casting and acting and what have you? Sure thing. I have a Instagram page, which is Sean underscore DeSimone underscore casting, S-E-A-N underscore D-E-S-I-M-O-N-E underscore underscore casting, C-A-S-T-I-N-G. And there's at DeSimone Casting on Twitter. And then I have a really, really fun Facebook casting group where I post everything and anything like as far as what I'm casting, but I also post like fun things that I like, like about TV. I don't get personal, but I, you know, keep it cute as far as TV is concerned and movies. Um, so that's Sean DeSimone casting. You got to put the space between the E and the X, which is a big problem my whole entire life is how to spell my last name. But then also I have a website, which is SeanDeSimoneCasting.com. You can learn all about me there. I have my coaching information there. I also produce reels for people. And, uh, oh, I, I've done some clubhouses with you. So I guess I'm on Clubhouse. <laughs> Don't know how to find me there yet because I can never find anything on Clubhouse. And you can find me on the Camera Ready Enable podcast. Oh, and I'm so grateful for you for that. Sean, you're a gift. You know, I adore you. So thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening so you always know when new episodes of Camera Ready and Able become available.